Hello there everybody, Sean Sheehan back once again and today I am here to offer you a premium service podcast for free. So um, if you like it and you want to see and hear more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Uh, today we are going to be listening to the Chasing Pack with myself and Ian O'Neill. It's a podcast we do maybe once every three weeks, every month or so. And we look at the chasing back, you know, everything non-UFC, we look at one championship, Cage, Warriors, PFL, KSW, Invicta, and all of that. Uh, so uh, there is a, a wide variety of stuff to talk about. I feel like normally in MMA, it's all about the UFC, and we talk about nothing but the UFC. But what this podcast is, is giving credence, giving exposure, giving time to everyone else, the people who deserve it, the good stuff that's happening in the moment in mixed martial arts. And we're giving that to you today for free because of our friends over at Manscaped. They have sponsored this podcast to go for free. So please go over and support them at manscaped.com by using the promo code SEVEREMMA. You know, the Christmas season is coming up now, and whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants, you can make this season jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer by a favor and use the Lord Bar 4 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom and in, and in Manscaped's top of the line shower products uh, to have people thinking all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack and so should you. So look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code SEVEREMMA for free shipping and 20% off. You can't get better than that. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is a one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It's everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for the mistletoe season. Uh, that Platinum Package has uh, each product from the best-selling performance pa- package, plus it has the Ultra uh, ultra Premium Body Wash, the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, the Ultra Premium Deodorant as well. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy can. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer is is great. Everyone knows about that. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, absolutely fantastic. They both have the proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence plus border waterproof and there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. Then there's the 4000k LED light on it so you can light the way for Rudolph as well. Now that you've uh, a groomed candy can, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the platinum package shower products which I mentioned above. All of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate free, vegan um, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh but smelling good doesn't stop at the shower the crop preserver my personal favourite uh, ball deodorant and the crop reviver as well which you know both of them are very very similar and do a different but brilliant job as well they help to solve the stank problems all day long once they touch your sack you'll never go back and that is a fact they last for ages as well like those are the type of things like you'd only need to buy maybe once every six months or once a year because they're you know a little bit Job done, you know. Uh, performance package 4.0 sitting under trees guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer. It's an incredible body scrubber. Oh, I want one of them. That makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMANSCAPED.COM. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code SEVEREMMA. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. All right, here we go, lads. Straight over to the chasing pack. Enjoy. Welcome to the chasing pack. 
with me, Sean Sheehan, and Eno O'Neill. The pack is back, everybody. It's the chasing pack. It's Sean Sheehan. It's Ian O'Neill. We are back, and there's loads to talk about. As you know, we've a lot coming up. We've a lot coming up. But what we're going to do here first is we, myself and Ian, have actually started a little chasing pack WhatsApp group. We've been putting a few things into it, a few spotlights. And what we're going to start this podcast with is the we almost need like a do 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 like a chasing pack news starting segment here, where we're going to look back at just a few of the things that have popped up, a few of the things we thought were. Uh, interesting in the last when was the first one it was October the, the end of October so the last month or so um, and just quickly discuss some here myself and Ian Ian first thing Mansoir Bonois over in Bellator this is a guy who I think a lot of people knew before I remember talking about him and, uh, and saying maybe I don't know a lot about him watching a few of his fights think this lad is good and he goes in and he fights in Bellator and you're thinking this is not only... Uh, when we're talking about the chasing back, right? We're talking, obviously, everyone knows. If you've never listened to this podcast before, it's everything non-UFC. And if you're looking for lads outside of the UFC and looking for the best fighters in the UFC or who could become the best fighters in the UFC, uh, outside of the UFC in the next few years, he must be one of the ones that's right up there after that performance and how, how dominant he looks, how classy he looks in all areas. I was so impressed. What did you think of him? Yeah, absolutely excellent. And, you know... I think over the last couple of years, Bellator have been kind of looking for guys like this as well, guys who are coming in on uh, under the radar. And I know this weekend coming, we have another guy that, that I'm really high on, and that's uh, Feraldo, um, who, who's oh, fighting yeah. on the card this weekend. And I think those guys who are coming in under the radar um, is something that Bellator is is doing really well at the minute. Um you know they've they've tried they've trialed it before with the likes of AJ McKee bringing these kind of young unknown guys in. And um, you know it's kind of it's kind of working out well now, and I'm excited to see where it goes next year and the year after as well as these guys progress into the divisions as well. But um, I I be I, like I think you know we're probably going into a stage right now where we're going to see a little bit of Russian dominance maybe in in Bellator as well, and you know each one of these divisions are slowly starting to take shape. I just wish Bellator could get the kind of rankings right in them and match these guys up properly. But I was just as impressed with, of him as you were. Um, he fought in on the Italy card, isn't it? He did, yeah. He fought against Adam Piccolati, Bellator 287, uh, yeah. in, in the main event. And like I think a lot of people were talking about that, saying, like, you know, the main event, the new guy coming in, is, is this the right move? I, I think it was, to be, look, to, be, to be honest, looking back at it. The weird thing as well about Bellator... And a lot of like Bellator feels like, and, and it's happening again this week. They have a big car coming up this weekend. That you come to like the Tuesday, Wednesday, someone tweets out like a, an interview with a fighter, and a hundred people tweet, Bellator have a fight card this weekend. And there's like a, a picture of the fight card, and it's like, oh, it's really good. Why have Bellator not even mentioned this? It feels like that's happening so much recently with Bellator. And maybe it's a little bit different for me and you because obviously we have this show and we're watching them. And, you know, a lot of the time I'm doing the, the previews for, uh, for Sherdog as well. But I know we talked about this the last time briefly as well. But after this, like, the Baron Wong one was one of those ones where he stood out a lot and it was people talking about him but is it the level of people that are talking about um a similar sort of person emerging maybe a few years ago and i don't know i hard find it hard to think of a name now but 
um, who like even in age. Well, like if you go back tr- maybe three years, like we 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 did start talking about like AJ McKee now, and I know Baron yeah. Raw is is not similar enough to AJ McKee in age. I know he's come on the scene; he, he's thirty years of age, but he's been he was out for three years, so he was kind of forgotten about in some sense of the word. Um, and plus, he 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 had just basically just been on KSW and Road FC and not too many other places. But um, you know, he really this is a guy now that's for me is really burst onto the screen because Piccolotti is the tough guy and, and he just went out there and and just beat him up on the he feet, really dominated him in the grappling exchanges and just looked a really well-rounded guy who's ready to take over. Um, he's ready to take over in Bellator right now. Like you, you got to be pushing him up. Like the lightweight division is really, really stacking up in Bellator right now. Um, and I'm really excited to see Baron Roth co- come up into it. He looked like a real decent, oh, overall, no. well-rounded guy who's like championship ma- championship ready. Do you know what I mean? That's 100%. that's kind of the way I would describe him. Yeah, but we'll have to do a, a contender on him uh, in the in Maybe the Maybe so. Ones. The only the second ever uh, Be- Bellator fighter oh, that we've ever done. On. MVP? Yes, correct. Have I was going to ask him. Well, have we not done AJ McKee? Although AJ McKee was the champ, I suppose, and stuff. But interesting. Another one that could possibly... Have we not done Fabian Edwards? Maybe we have. Jeez, I don't know. I can't remember now. Maybe we did. Fabian is an interesting one, though. Obviously, he went in there against Charlie Ward. It was, it was a weird fight, you know? And uh, look, but he got the dominant, I suppose, win. 11-2 and two now. He moves on to his career. Funnily enough... Earlier in the card, Casella Van Steenis won a fight as well. But I think the this Bellator middleweight picture is very interesting because, look, the rumours straight away afterwards were Fabian Edwards versus Johnny Eblen. That's the fight they want to make. I, like, there was even talks maybe that could be in Ireland. And then there was a few rumours jumping around that it's going to be Fabian versus Musassi, which... It's a weird one, I think, because it's a good look. It's a good fight. If that happened, let's say in Ireland, I think it'd be a very, very good fight. I'd love to see it happen in Ireland. But like, it's also like you're putting Fabian in there with a very tough matchup. Let's say Musasi wins that. Okay, Musasi's back into a title picture. But is the whole point in not paying Fabian very well for the last few years, building him up, not to get him into a title picture? And like, there doesn't seem to be really anyone standing out there at the moment. And now maybe there, maybe I'm forgetting someone. Maybe Vancine, this is the answer. Or maybe someone else is the answer. But. I just find that a little bit bizarre that they aren't giving Fabian the shot right now. It f- like, it felt like for the last few years, they were waiting for Fabian to kind of emerge and to become the kind of, you know, the, the guy that they, uh, they handpicked to, you know, to, to be the next guy for the, not necessarily the middleweight title, but the fight for the middleweight title. And now that has happened. And they're not giving to him. Like, if you look at the, the rankings here, so we've Eblen, obviously the champion, Musasi next, and then Fabian Edwards. Like, Fabian Edwards is the next guy. You know, John Salter's obviously fought for the belt against Musasi. Tokov is on his way up. Ross is obviously on his way up as well. Aaron Jeffrey, Vanderford's fought for the title. Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz Larkin not retire, or is he sitting around? Romero Cotton and, and Anthony Adams at which Vancina is probably to come back in there. Like, Fabian is the one, the standout yeah. one there. I, I just think it's all a bit weird. What do you think is that, man? Like, uh, you know... Uh, and you know, maybe I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know what the 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 mythology is to, to making matchups in Bellator. But there's been a couple of baffling ones re- uh, lately in 
Um, you know, Pedro Carvalho is a, his kind of move up. I think that his matchmaking was very strange. But you know what? They've got to where they've got him to where they want him to be. In the end, he got that fight with Jeremy Kennedy, which could likely be a number one contendership. But they went about it in an awful roundabout kind of a way. Uh, we were talking about Karen Moore's next fight, which is very baffling against these, the non-ranked. All of these opponent. upcoming Irish fights are like yeah. Kieran Clarkson. That's not a bad fight. Who's he fighting? Kier Harvey in it, but like. The Kenny Mukahana one, just a bit weird. That Carl Moore one is like, that Carl Moore one is especially egregious. Like, that's idiotic matchmaking. I, 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 like, I talked about on the ultra angle with the lads and where I just flat out says, like, I, we were trying to work out what, and I have no understanding why you would put Carl Moore in there. And, like, it's it's a guy that's pretty dangerous as well. You know, it's a oh, yeah, dangerous on rank yeah. guy. And, 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 and Pedro Carvalho had to experience that with Nelzinski as well. Um, you know, a dangerous on rank one. If it was an on rank guy and want to maybe, you know, give him a good win or maybe a finish or something like that. But no, these, these guys are dangerous and they're on ranked. And it's like, you're, you're going to the work to get these guys up the rankings. Um, and then you're trying to look for an excuse for someone to come in and take it all away. And, and it's relatively a guy that's relatively unknown. And with Fabian Edwards, to go back to your original point, I mean, it's right. He's number two right there. He, he it, It's got to be Johnny Eblen next. Um, with your role in the dice, maybe putting him in there with Musasi, I think it's hard to know what mentality Musasi has anymore. Is he all the way in? I don't think he's all the way in. But you're putting him, him in against a guy like Fabian Edwards. It's a really good, like, stylistic matchup for Gegard Musasi as well. So there's no guarantees that Fabian Edwards uh, would beat Musasi. But, I mean, it's something I'd love to kind of ask a question of, over, like, you know, what's the thought process? Because obviously there's meetings going on and obviously there's conversations going on behind the scenes. And uh, But, like, looking from the outside in, some of the matchmaking for me is... Uh, is a little bit strange where you basically have guys fighting that and calling each other out and, and guys winning where fights make themselves. And Bellator seem to kind of keep us guessing and the matchups that they create going forward sometimes. A hundred percent. Last thing just in, well, maybe not the last thing, but uh, another thing on Bellator, they're doing this reason show and Josh Thompson obviously came out and said what he said. We've no need, I suppose, to get into that. You know, we all know why he was an idiot. I think Gary will explain that pretty well in his show as well. I, I I'll be honest. Maybe you know. You know, I don't know any of these reason guys. I've never like never heard of them. Uh, th- I'm not going to lie. I haven't a clue either. And I looked at it, and I, I look at I I, I like Japanese MMA. We we, we do we yeah. cover one one championships here. We've done it on Sherdog as well. And I I, I kind of keep my like Bryson is one that kind of has gone in under the radar as such, but. Normally they'd pull out a name or two that you might recognize, but I'm not going to lie. We're, we're in, it's literally our job to kind of keep into the loop. But when all of these matchups were announced, I didn't really know any of the rising guys. So 100%. I couldn't really get excited about. And that's and not, not, that's not to say they're not good fighters. And before, no, not at all. Not at all, happen, not at all. I, I know both of us will go and watch them. Absolutely. But we're talking here about a card to get excited about, like Patricio Pitbull versus Kleber, Kaike Erbst like he could be a very good fighter he's a good record 31 5 and 1 I've never heard of him like the, if I've never heard of him how many people out there have never I'm sure Grabaka Hitman knows him and a few you know Japanese MMA fans but I guarantee you 99.9% of MMA fans do not know who he is and that is just straight up like a fact I would say so how are you supposed to get people excited 
uh, are, are sorry, how are people supposed to get excited about Patricio, who we all know is very good, fighting a guy you never heard of? No. Maybe I'll do the research, you'll do the research, we'll have a talk about it in the next chasing back and go, or oh, fuck it, I watched this lad, do you know what, he might be Patricio. And then we get excited about it. But how many people are going to listen to that compared to who you should want to be getting to come in to watch your biggest event of the year? What you said there, you hit the nail on the head. They're missing that one big name. If you had like that one big name, let's say Demetrius was signed to them, or, you know, Whoever, let's say Saldic was signed to them and they did Saldic versus fucking Fabian or they did, you know, Saldic versus MVP or that'd be massive. Like people would absolutely love that. They just don't have one of those fights here, do they? Yeah, they don't. And it's like you're also rolling the dice if you're Bellator here and you're sending these guys over to fight these relatively unknown guys. And like you said, we'll do our research, we'll 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 come back with a proper preview on the next Jason Pack, but a lot of people are not going to do that. And a lot of people are going to see AJ McKee going over there to fight this guy they don't know or, or, or Patricio Pitbull or, or, or Patricky Pitbull or whatever. And if you lose that fight, it completely devalues what you've done in, in Bellator as well. So you tell me at the end of the year, instead of AJ McKee against some un, unknown uh, rank guy, would you like to see something like AJ McKee versus Tufik Musayev? I mean, that's a fight that I'd like yeah. to see a lot more. Or it, why don't we match up? Why don't you do a, an end of year Bellator card where you're matching up the best Bellator fighters with the best Bellator fighters? Maybe that might be a good idea. I mean, that's what would mean more to me, to be honest. Now, and you know, this is a fun, it's a gimmick. I like the gimmick of it. Um, and I like gimmick kind of fights and events in general in MMA. And we get plenty of it on championships as well. But this to me especially and they've done it before where it has made more sense this to me in particular this time just because we're going in there with relatively unknown fighters uh, it's kind of a little bit strange and baffling to me I'll watch the shit out of it don't get me wrong Uh, I'll be there I'll be watching and and probably educate me myself more on maybe some of the rising fighters but uh, to me I'm like if you're going to do this and try to make a big deal of or call the media out for not making a big deal of it but it's like well, it's not our job, number one, to make a big deal out of it. Number two, even if we even if we wanted to make a big deal out of it, we wouldn't be able to because we don't know the fighters. And number three is like, well, why don't you invest Bellator versus Bellator fighters and do a, a, a really good kind of a year-end card at the Mohican Sun and just have banger after banger after banger a fight of Bellator versus Bellator fighters? Like, That's just my opinion. I, I would agree with you. What, and like, as you said, I like the gimmick as well, but... What they're billing this as two of the biggest promotions in the world having an interpromotional, but it's not like it's one of the biggest promotions in the world and another promotion with uh, some good fighters who we don't know, and that's a fact of the matter. Uh, let's move on a little bit. We, we'll stick on Bellator for another second here because there is a lot of a lot of Bellator news, especially that you know, we will talk about the BFL in a second, but it feels like. And we will talk about Cage Warriors as well. But Bellator have a big card coming up this weekend. Um, a lot of it, look, what Bellator do, they put a lot of their best up-and-comers on the undercard. There's a lot of them there. You can pick out the names, Lucas Brennan, uh, Archie Colgan, Jalen Bates, Jordan Newman, uh, and, and a few more as well. Obviously, Fernaldo, you mentioned earlier, he's getting a step up, taking on Levin Coachelli. Uh, but the two big ones, Patricky Pitbull against Usman or Megameda, Vadim Nimkov rematching Corey Anderson after their no contest. Like, these are... Top level fights. They really, really are top level fights. Now, you know, Patricky, 
okay, maybe, you know, maybe he's not a top, top level fighter, but he's a good fighter, very much improved. Usman or Magomedov, 15 and all, one of the best up-and-comers in the world. Like, Corey Anderson was around the top of the UFC heavyweight division, light heavyweight division, sorry, for a good while. Vadim Nimkov, and has improved since, I would I would say, I don't know if you agree with me, but Vadim Nimkov as well has been one of the best light heavyweights in the world for a while. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I think if you're to talk about the chasing pack, the light heavyweight division, there's no doubt about it. The best light heavyweight division in the world is in Bellator. And arguably even UFC included. Some, some people might say they're up there as well. So that's a very exciting one. What do you think? Give me, give us a quick breakdown, I suppose, of, of those two fights. Uh, do you see the, first of all, do you see the co-main event, the Patricky Pitbull against Usman or Magomedov? Bit of a walkover. I, I, like, that's kind of how I'm leaning, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, I think, like, the... F- <sighs> The first two minutes is going to tell a lot of the story of this co-main event between Pachiki Pitbull and Usman Nurmagomedov. It's going to be interesting to see. And I think the maybe excitement levels and the result of the fight will depend on on, on, on how many chances Usman Nurmagomedov wants to kind of take. And we know if you have uh, Nurmagomedov on the back of your name that uh, or at the end as your second name, you're not going to take all too many chances you're going to be looking to take the fight down and I think you know that's probably a wise move coming in here and doing that against someone like Patricky Pitbull because you know uh, unfortunately for Peter Creedy that time you know you can think that you're doing quite well against Patricky but he can land that one shot and it and it can completely change the fight and I just don't think that Usman Nurmagomedov is going to give him the chance to do that I think he's going to maybe just feel him out maybe for a minute or 45 seconds. I'm curious if there's an over and under on the seconds that this fight is going to go to the ground. I'd be curious to find out what it is. Funnily enough, I literally, as you know, I just recorded my betting show before this. My flyer of the week is uh, Nurmagomedov first round submission at plus 400. Like I, I, yeah, I, I think he's going to take the very. I agree with you. I think he's going to take. I think very he's going to come in. Like I mean, when you're dealing with a guy like Patricky's power, you can't fuck about with that. You can't mess around with it. Do you know, you what, do you know what will happen if you fuck around? You'll find out. You'll find out. You'll find out. You get the chart out. You get the chart out. And uh, I think that's going to be the case in this coming event. It's still a fascinating fight. Like Patricky is a legend. Like I mean, it's great to see him up there. See him as the champion. He's been he's been in Bellator since the, almost the very start. Uh, an absolute legend in the organization and a legend in mixed martial arts as well. Both Patricky Pitbull brothers. Um, um, I think. You know his time is up here. I think Usman Nurmagomedov is 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 more than likely going to secure a relatively uh, easy win in this fight. I'd be surprised if it went any other way. Um, and and maybe if I could move on to the main event as well. I'm, Interesting I'm really, one. I'm I, I went really back. Uh, I, w- I went back and watched the first fight, and I think maybe the analysis after that. Look, the analysis after that was Corey Anderson kind of would have won if there hadn't been you know the head clash and uh, the cut. And I, I went back and watched it, and I was like, I probably would still say that yes, but it was a very close fight. Like I, I think the transitions were big because when Anderson won the transitions, he was able to stay on top, very heavy on top. When he didn't, Nimkov was able to get back to the feet and was kind of winning on the feet. It was even enough on the feet. It's it's not one of those fights like uh, to to steal a, a phrase from uh, from Richard Kiley. It was a fight of fine margins. Uh, I think it was in that one. I think it will be again. I think it's going to be a close one. Like uh, um, I was looking at the betting odds. They've switched around like massively. So um, 
Corey Anderson was the big underdog, not big underdog, but I think plus 180, and now he's like minus 225 for this one. It's a big turnaround there in a fight like where there really wasn't much of a difference between them. I know he probably would have been, you know, two, two rounds to one up or whatever, but it was a close and fight. I, re- I vaguely remember the fight. I can't say that I've watched it back, but I remember maybe Nemkov. Uh, Nemkov probably took the first round yes, uh, in a tight round. And then I remember Corey Anderson w- was kind of getting the better of the grappling exchanges, putting him on his back. Exactly. And it ended in, it ended in round two, the round three. The end of the third round, last second of the third round, I remember where the, yeah. the head was. So it would have been two it, rounds yeah. to one to, to, to Anderson. But now what makes me excited about this is that, you know, they've been in there, they felt one another, they know what they're capable of. Now it's time to see what who can make the better adjustments here uh, coming into the, the rematch. And, um, you know, I, I look at the way and the ending of the first fight definitely, if I remember correctly, would have benefited Nemkov a lot more the way the kind of fight was progressing. Um, he'll be glad to get the second opportunity, but it's up to him to kind of prove that, you know, he can make those adjustments because that's what you have to do if you want to be a top-level fighter. That's what you're going to have to do if you're going to beat someone like Corey Anderson, take the title and take the million as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about blockbuster fights. These Two of these blockbuster fights, like you put Vladimir Nemkov, Corey Anderson on a, like what we're talking about a similar rising card at the end of the year if people are going to tune in to see that but so this is a real good fight this weekend I'm really excited to see it I think that uh, both these guys are up there as the top high heavyweights in, in, in the world right now in mixed martial arts I think Corey Anderson's move over to Bellator if he takes this title would probably be the best and most successful transition from a UFC fighter to Bellator possibly I mean you got Ryan Bader who was the double Bader, champion yeah. as well he's probably number one but I think Corey Anderson has come in as a guy who might not have been respected for his skills in the UFC um, who's come in there and put on some good fights in Bellator and if he goes out there and takes all or takes out someone like Fadim Nemkov man he, he's up there as definitely in the top three like heavyweights in the world if not uh, tipping on the best you know yeah 100% uh, last thing on Bellator and we're going to move on to PFL now Richie Smullen has signed for Bellator as well look we're going to talk more about that I know you've talked about it already on, on, uh, on the old triangle we'll talk about it more closer to it but if he was Irish he isn't Irish it doesn't matter Richie's one of the top prospects in the world at the moment uh, and Bellator got his sign in obviously the connection with John Cavanagh the connection with SPG and all it was I suppose the most likely outcome for him to go back there, but uh, delighted to see Richie back in the big time. I suppose and looking forward to seeing him. I assume in in uh, in February coming up. So very went out so there, far. went out there after getting dropped. Didn't complain, didn't bitch. Just 100%. got the head down. Went over there, uh, became a double champion, and 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 deservingly gets his shot again at Bellator, which is great to see. Goes in there against Nelsinski, who who beat uh, Pedro Carvalho as well. So. Is that that's that's who he's fighting. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even heard that. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a tough matchup. But yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to start off. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll talk Ooh. about it a little bit closer to the time. No, so. like, that's good matchmaking. The, the, yes. I think that's a great fight. Like, the, the Pedro fight with Nidelski at the time made no sense. That one does make sense. I like that. So, very does, No, no, I like that too. Two unranked yeah. guys. That's what we're talking about yeah. here. Like, Pedro works so fucking hard to get to that ranked, and you're going to give him an unranked guy who can just take over all of that in one and fight. It's not, and it's not even Pedro. It's yourself. Like yeah, you're. I think the Karen Moore one as well is just baffling because your Ireland is your biggest market, right? You have a guy who's one step away from fighting for a light heavyweight title in Ireland. You give, give him Anglicus, he beats him, and he's there. And you have a massive main event for the light heavyweight title. Just baffling. Anyway, let's move on from Bellator. Let's talk about PFL. Right, big card coming up. First things first. PFL have signed with the Zone. 
Um, and from so I think the, the finale is going to be on Channel Four still, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll be grand with that. But from next year, the PFL in Ireland anyway, and in other places around the world is going to be on the zone. We're going to have to pay another subscription to watch it. Ian, good thing or a bad thing? Would you say like uh, the zone money was great for Bellator? It worked out well for them. We were still able to watch it up for this. Like you have to you have to pay another ten or a month or whatever it is. Just more money out of more pockets for MMA fans, really, isn't it? Yeah, not for me, luckily enough. I already have a DAZN account for other stuff, watch the NFL and stuff me on just, that. Me, and me sign into that there, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no matter. You know, I have to take another trip over to Canada yeah, for that maybe. as well, Shawnee. No problem at all. I got you, but I got you, brother. I got you. Um, I look at. I think it's 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 probably a good thing. Look at. Um, we'll probably talk about about it in maybe a little bit. What's not a good thing is the pay per view price that they put onto the to yeah, the latest what was one. It? But, Sixty quid was it? $50, oh, $50 and I'm not sorry. sure if it's available in Canada I don't know I, I've not checked into it yet to see what the availability is but all I do know is that I'm probably not going to pay $50 to see a fight that I've seen for free twice already um, you know it just doesn't make any sense to me um, there's always ways and means that you can catch these fights and, fly uh, over to the UK watch it in the UK you know? Yeah, you know yourself yeah yeah we can get the chartered severe MMA flight over no, no matter no matter I know you've t- taken it to Canada on a few occasions as well but um, there's, a, there's a zone deal I think is good because it's it is quite big in in the US and in Canada as well. You know, in Canada on the zone, you can watch the NFL. So I know that a lot of um, people on there are going to be watching PFL and, well, not watching PFL, but they'll see PFL is on. So it, it like if you're on ESPN Plus, I don't know whether people have that in Canada. It's not available. It does be on, it was on TSN over there. Uh, which is a cable service. So um, I think the way of the future for mixed martial arts, and it's kind of happened already, is these streaming services. So if you're going to pick up and get onto a streaming services, I definitely think the zone is is there and it's a good choice for PFL. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how they progress and and how they use the money. Obviously, they must have signed a deal. You know, it benefited Bellator at the time. It didn't last for too long. It'll be interesting to see how PFL does. Um, I think, you know, it's it's. I would definitely look at it as a more of a positive move than a negative move. But let's talk about this pay-per-view. Well, though, just, just one word on that quickly before we move on. I think the world of, like, investment is changing a lot at the moment. Look at Twitter. Look at Facebook. Look at Amazon letting people go all over the world try, or trying to make money back. A lot of this was about investment more than actually money-making. And the world is really changing on that. PFL were part of that. Be very interesting to see with one championship what happens over the next while. But they have got their Amazon deal as well, so maybe that's some money coming back. This the zone deal, some money coming back as well. So, as we said, we're setting this all out here. Interesting times ahead over the next six months. Let me run through the card quickly, and then I'll throw it over to you, and you can maybe tell me the ones you're most looking forward to. Top of the card, Kayla Harrison versus Larissa Pacheco. As you said, fought twice before. The one thing I would say is Pacheco's probably coming into this uh, the best she's ever been, but we'll get to that in a second. Brendan Lachnan, massive fight against Bubba Jenkins for the 145-pound million dollars and Belton tournament and everything like that. Andy Deja against Matteo Scheffel. That heavyweight tournament has just been crazy. There's been injuries, people falling out, people coming back in, people beating people and not qualifying and coming just madness. I think the two the two most deserving guys I think have got there. I don't think Capeloza deserved it this year. We'll talk about that. Julia Bud Aspenlad in a non 
tournament fight love that fight Steve Uray 155 against Olivier Aubon Mercier probably the two standouts maybe in all of the tournament this year we have Danilo Taylor against Sadabusi at Welterweight at 205 we have Mary Akhmadov and Rob Wilkinson who've been fantastic Shaman Morris comes in for what's his name again uh, Shane Burgess Shane Burgess yeah the, 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 the John Jones of PFL against Marlon Marais <laughs> uh, Nathan Schultz against Jeremy Stevens, Magomed Magomed Karimov against Gleason Tebow Dakota Decheva against uh, Katrina Cargenis and Baggio Ali Walsh against Tom Gresser no what's that fucking doing there that's an amateur fight apparently uh, what a fucking card though from top to bottom this is you talked earlier about Bellator putting all the best Bellator fighters up against each other this is Brilliant. Now, if we saw this and this was a UFC card, maybe we would say, ah, well, you know, it's a lot of good fighters and not the best card in the world. But the fact that they have all built up to this point, it really, I think, and maybe because the two of us obviously watch this maybe more than most people, and I've been covering it all year and you've been covering it all year on the Chasing Back and, and over with uh, the normal Severe May as well. When you do get invested in it, it actually kind of pays off because... You've watched these people coming through. You've watched them struggle. You've watched them win their fights. I know they're going to be fighting for a million quid, life-changing money, in, in, in a massive, massive card, in all tough fights with other people who are deserving. It's... 100%. It's, it's a great card. Look, I, I bitched a little bit about the pay-per-view. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it is a fucking brilliant card. You know, you made a point, and I believe it was you. You can correct me if you're wrong, if I was wrong. If it was, if it was a good said, point, it was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you said, uh, you know, a problem that we are having in uh, the UFC right now is we're seeing a lot of matchups where we don't know the fighters. Yes. It's not a problem in the PFL because we have this constant conveyor belt of the same fighters fighting over and over again, where it's a lot easier easier to kind of relate to the fighters, know what the fighters are, know what, what way they fight. And then we see them, these matchups and they're, they're excellent matchups like Nathan Schulte versus Jeremy Stevens as a former champion taking on a, a, a former UFC legend. Uh, the Battle of the Marises is a good fight. It's unfortunate Burgos fell out. Rob Wilkins versus Akhmadov is going to be an insane fight. Two absolute animals going in there. Dakota Decheva, I think, you know, just to kind of start with Dakota, I think what Bell uh, PFL have done really well this year is capture the imagination of the UK and Irish audience as well. With the likes of Decheva, we've got obviously... Brendan Lochnane, who's going to be fighting it for in the finals. And we've got Stevie Ray there against Olivia Ben Mercier as well. So, you know, we said at the end of last year, I think they kind of struggled and they they failed to build up the championship card to the to the best of their abilities, or they could have built it up a little bit better. But I think they've done a perfect job in doing it this year. I think um all all interesting fights. I mean, you put a championship and you put a million there, um, that instantly gets 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 me going. Like, I mean, that's you're fighting for a one million, that's life changing money, and that's what I like to see. You know, that's gonna set make the fighters hungry and you're gonna see fighters getting paid. You know, you want if everyone's giving out about fighters getting paid, let's well, tune in and support the PFL. They are paying their fighters, you know what I mean? They're giving them what they're I think they're getting Look at all fighters probably should be earning more than what they're getting, but I think they're getting a fair shake with PFL, and I think that's one thing that they're doing really good. This, um, with Pacheco, it's kind of like you know, I did say, well, Look at they fought twice before, it's like 
it's not like who's going to win. It's like how close can Pacheco get to Kayla Harrison in this fight? Um, Winter decision, both other times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, can, can she make it more competitive? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think Kayla Harrison has had ups and downs. You know, I remember Kayla Harrison put on a horrendous performance in her first PFL fight this year. She did not look good at all. And I was saying, you know, was she being affected by the possible UFC move that didn't happen and everything like that? Since then, you know, she's kind of turned the corner a little bit. And I mean, if you can't get motivated to go in there and fight for a million dollars, I mean, you're not going to get motivated for a whole lot. So it'll be, I think, you know, this is going to be uh, the right person at the top of the card. I think there's going to be probably maybe better, more, maybe more competitive fights, in my opinion, even though Pacheco had run her close the last time. Um but uh, I think the big story will be what, what's next for Kayla Harrison if she does get the win. Uh, Brendan Lochnay and Bubba Jenkins, I mean, that's a, a fantastic stylistic matchup. Will Brendan Lochnay be able to keep the fight on the feet? Did I mean, well Bubba Jenkins. Against Chris Wade, didn't he? You know? Yeah, he did well, but Bubba Jenkins is a next level up wrestler. I think Bubba Jenkins even has a win over Bo Nickel in wrestling. You know, so that that's his level of credentials coming in here, and that's what he's going to be wanting to do. And I'm I'm and I'm here for it. Like Lachnan has shown some great takedown defense. Like he's a guy who seems that he's always been trying to defend a takedown because he's so slick on the feet for the whole lot of his career. And this is the biggest fight of his career. Very happy to see him in this position after everything that's happened to him over the last couple of years. He deserves it more than anything as well. And uh, yeah, Aspen Lad coming in for the first time too. I mean, you know, one forty-five, which is a good thing. You know, which uh, you fingers crossed. I guess we can't say. It. Hopefully, she does make weight. One forty-seven point eight. One. hell, that would be like a, that would be a typical Aspen Lad, Megan. But hopefully, it doesn't happen. Uh, I think you know Julia Bud. At the start of the year, I think we were kind of thinking, you know, this was the test and maybe she was going to be the person who's going to test Kayla Harrison. I think maybe PFL thought that way. Didn't work out, but at least they've got her onto this card and they've got her in a really good fight. And, you know, this kind of adds a little bit of added interest into, um, you know, into the card or maybe into the, the kind of overall maybe build up towards next season. Will Aspen Ladd compete at 155? Will Julia Budd keep, compete at 155? It'll be interesting to see. And Stevie Ray has been a fantastic story this year. Two wins over Anthony Pettis coming in here against the Canadian gangster, Alibi Aubin Mercier. And that's going to be a great fight. Two of these guys are so similar in how they fight. Really good technical grapplers, uh, really good on the feet as well. And like, I mean... Th- they're, they're, I would almost, I'd almost kind of say they're near mirror images in their styles, you know. And I'm interested to see how those styles clash. So, John, and obviously, Delaney Taylor coming in, man, yeah. could be win, pick up the easiest million that any fighter <laughs> ever won. Comes in, smashes Rory in one yeah. round, and comes in against Sabu Sai. And in two fights, the guy could be a millionaire. Now, that's how you fucking Fair do MMA. Them. Fair fuck. Yeah, that's a very interesting fight. Because you said both of them beat Rory in very different ways. I'd obviously see it a very, very close fight. John, just on the Stevie Ray, Oba Mercia fight, it, it feels like Oba Mercia all year has just been kind of like outstriking and outgrappling everyone. Stevie Ray is a very hard lad to outstrike. And we've seen his grappling this year has been fantastic. You broke it down very well. No need for me to go further, as you did with the other fights as well. Har- like it feel- didn't Harrison when she signed the contract say like, "Oh, she's there for like three years or something." So they signed they signed for three years, but I mean, is there clauses where if, if yeah, it's a yeah. clause in it, we don't know. Do you know It'd be very foolish part, if you didn't do that. To be honest, yeah. The most frustrating part is like, so they have Julia Bud and Aspinad. I'd like to see both of those fights. To be honest, line them up. 
Why are they fighting like? Yeah, like they did this already with Julia Budd. They got her uh, a loss. It's like that's a, that's the one I think drawback of having Kayla Harrison as a tournament fighter. There aren't enough good fights for her to fight all the time, and you have to get that other person who is a good fight to win two fights in a row. MMA is very fucking tough to get someone two, three five win streak or two five win streak. So it's it's interesting to see how that happens. Just to move on down through it again, you you broke all those fights down very well, so I, I won't go over them. This Rob Wilkinson and Maria Agmedov fight, like these two boys have been destroying lads all fucking year and look very good in it. You know, two guys who were in the UFC. Rob Wilkinson, he's only lost or was it one or two? He's only two, you know, two losses in the UFC. The last of which. Was was to Israel Adesanya, you know, who was massively overrated and useless. But, uh, no, I take it back. Because, you know, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> Jesus. I, you know, I just proved myself right. Like, everything I said about Izzy, I was right. But, no, he's looked very Lost good. Lost to a brown belt. Lost <laughs> Brown belt, fucking hell. Andrew McGann would, would choke fucking Pereira out in two seconds. But yeah, it's been a great run for both of them. I'm really looking forward to, to, to that fight happening. And do you know what they've done very well on this card as well? Magomed Karimov against Thibaut is a good fight Stevens against Schultz is a good fight they put some good ones on underneath as well got some of their stars onto it and you know their stars are kind of in the big fights as well Kel Harrison's in the big fight Brendan Lachnan is in the big fight as you said for the UK audience Stevie Ray and others as well they got over mercy over it's good still I still they would have loved to have Pettis they would have loved to have Rory but look as Cristiano Ronaldo knows time waits for no man so interesting look we'll talk about that again the next time there's obviously going to be a lot more to come out of it but a very very good card coming up this weekend how many pay-per-view boys do they think do, do you seven? think that they do Sean seven uh, seven, seven maybe eight and a half maybe twelve yeah <laughs> no if you think about it like uh, the, the Anderson Silva boxing match against that chap did a uh, did uh so they said it did between two and three hundred thousand. Dave Meltzer said it did half of that. It only did thirty three thousand on TV. So probably like probably did one hundred and fifty thousand. That's the classic maths that you have to use whenever you see ratings. Yes. See what you what you see. Always take maybe maybe <laughs> you could even cut those numbers in half sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, from what you see, you're never going to. Whenever you see those numbers up, they're never the true numbers. No. They're always always a little bit less, and they always pump them up a little bit. But if the, if I that mean, did to hundred and fifty thousand, like does this do seventy? Does this do fifty? I'd be lucky to break fifty. And I'd let's be 50, real. I think yeah. I'd say you know I'd be lucky to lucky to break fifty. I think the I think Andy Hickey had a great tweet yesterday. The lowest selling pay per view of all time was thirty thousand, and that was Pride thirty eight that had Fedor Amalienenko oh, on it. There, all, there's, all been lower. there's been lower. Oh, there's been a yeah, lot I thought lower so too. That. I asked oh, the question. Like, I thought Chuck and T.O. 3 was lower. Probably oh, the lowest on record, shall we say then, because yeah, probably yeah. ones are so bad they didn't want to release any <laughs> yeah. numbers like, at all. Like, wasn't that Nick Diaz thing on pay-per-view? There's been lots of things on pay-per-view. It's probably done fucking 12 things. But yeah, look, it's a good card and, and I definitely encourage people uh, to watch it. Um, it's, it's free in the UK and Ireland, are you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, well, Perfect. I hope so. Brilliant. I won't be fucking watching Brilliant. if it's not. I'm not paying no more fuckers out. Uh, right, we have... We're not going to concentrate loads on one championship this time. We talked a lot about them last time. They have two more cards coming up this weekend. Um, Christian Nee's moving up to welterweight to fight for the belt there. Um, uh, Bibiana Fernandez is fighting Steve Lohman. Kevin Bellin is on that card. They've also, for down the line, they have announced... Um, 
uh, the rematch for John Lineker against who was John Lineker fighting again? Uh, God Almighty, everyone knows. We had happened a few weeks ago anyway, but that that rematch is, is going to be happening. So very interesting times. They were top of our rankings the last time. We, we will re, we will go back and we look over our rankings. Look, I don't think they've done anything to to jump off of there. They've had some very very good cards, and there's more coming up. Uh, that's just. It's, you know, KSW also have had a very good card. Paranas picked up his second title. Fuck, we never got Sean Dini on. I forgot about it. Next time, definitely Sean Dini next time. 100%. We might even have to do an interim on to, to get him on for next time. Uh, and they have the big Kaladov one coming up as well. So we will definitely get Sean maybe on. Maybe a to KSW well. special next time. Maybe, maybe, next maybe week or something KSW like that. Special. Just for, just for uh, it's um, uh, Fabio Andrade. Andrade, uh, yeah, yeah. Who's on, yeah, who's, yeah. Yeah, and he was winning that last time. So uh, you, Looking you, good too, yeah. yeah you, you or Fabricio. I said Fabio, Fabricio, yeah, excuse indeed, me. Indeed. Uh, Cage Warriors, interesting times for Cage Warriors at the moment. Um, so they've had. The, we were in two cards into the three card run. The first one was, I would say, a mammoth success. One of the, you know, one of the biggest cage warriors fights of all time. Uh, it turned into a great fight. It turned into a massive win for Paul Hughes. You know, we had some good fights underneath it. James Sheehan looked very good. Mehdi Bin Lakhtar got back to winning ways. Bukowskis got back to winning ways. Kane and Lochran looked absolutely fantastic. James Webb came in there looking like fucking... He was carved out of stone and beat Paddy McCrory. Ryan Shelley looked good. Harry Hardwick probably had the best uh, outing of his career. Oban Ali went up to middleweight and won. And Adam Shelley got a good win as well. Perfect night for Cage Warriors there. I think the card the week after... Fell a little short because it was just not that card, if we want to put it that way. But still for Cage Warriors, great night. Christian Neary Duncan won in the middleweight division. He's arguably their best fighter at the moment. How good is that guy, man? Brilliant. I'm so excited to see. Like, he's just an animal and, and he's got a big, bright future ahead of him. Yeah. I'm really looking forward. It's got to be the UFC for him as well. Like, and I guess for, for Paul Hughes as well. Yeah. The thing about Christian Neary Duncan, only seven fights, but he has, what, 23, 24 amateur fights, something like that. Very interesting, like to look at his trajectory and how he goes. Like, is he the sort of fighter who, you know, will get to two or three more fights and he's reached his prime and he's beaten guys above his station, let's say? Because if he does that, he could go in there and he could absolutely destroy lots of guys in that middleweight division in the UFC. And you know what? I'm here for it. Can't wait to see that. But, you know. Jimmy Wallet, what a story for Judo Jimmy to come in there and beat Matthias Figlak. Like, you know, a lot of the up-and-comers as well in that card won. We had um, Luke Riley won. We had uh, Samuel Barton an up-and-comer. Well, I suppose you could call him an up-and-comer. He beat Manny Akpan. Again, he must be in the title contention early now at this stage. <laughs> it was... I, I don't think Judo Jimmy... I don't think he read the script on how he's the end of absolutely. his career is supposed to go because... It's just a phenomenal to see him in there, to see him winning the title and how much it meant to him. You know, his interview after the fact, he it seemingly had a, a very difficult camp. He has a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, guys like Jimmy Wallhead are brought in to kind of help prop up these young up-and-coming guys and, and so these guys can get a win. And that's what, you know, maybe they were trying to do with Matthias Figlak here. Very, very good fighter. But Jimmy Wallhead, not, not on that night. Not on that night. Just has looked unbelievable in these last two fights, rejuvenated, um, hungry. And it was, it's just a really feel good story seeing him getting the title. 
picks up the va- or the, the the interim um the interim um welterweight title sets up a potential fight with Reese McKee. Is it gonna happen? I mean, I I do you know what I I'm I think Reese is away right now. I'd love to reach out to Reese and just get his opinion on it, and I might do that soon. Um, if 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 you if you if you would, like we I don't we, know. We, like, we I mean, may- recently, remember what we were saying? Like, who should be next for Reese McGee at the world? And he got like, I don't know if he get offended by it or like, everyone was going, "Oh, the UFC should be next for Reese." I'm like. All right. I can't, I can't. I can't argue that. You no, know, I would have been happy to see Reese Reese get to the UFC one hundred percent. But I think at this stage, the way everything has gone, and I know he's coming back off an injury, like I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be the UFC, and that's why I, that's a great excuse for me to reach out. And it's I'd love to hear from him and see what what he's thinking right now. You know, uh, he he has every right to think he should be in the UFC, but at the end of the day. You know, you got a, a pretty good fight now that will have pick up a lot of steam, and 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 a good fighter in Jimmy Wallhead as well. You know, who'd probably give you as good of a fight as anybody would give you in the UFC. I guess. Look at it's the thing about you know how much you're getting paid to take these fights. That's the thing. You know, you're going to probably get paid a lot more in the UFC to fight somebody with the caliber level of Jimmy Wallhead that you would a Cage Warrior. So maybe that's the reason. You know, hopefully, hopefully things work out. Maybe we'll try and get Reson and have a chat and and, and see what he's thinking and. Uh, it's definitely, you know, the the welterweight division is shit hot in 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 cage warriors right now, and you know, I I do feel in cage warriors in general, um, you know, kind of we're on a, a little bit of a kind of a rebuild. I, I feel this year, but I think that that's kind of really coming into fruition now, and we're seeing all these good fights and these great events, and I think that next year is going to be a huge year for cage warriors. Um, we've got the rumored Irish show possibly next year as well. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, there was yeah. three three fucking rumored Irish shows in twenty twenty two, and none of them happened. But yeah, we'll see next year. Hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we'll get one next year, and um, lots of great storylines to come out with Cage Warriors and and a couple of events too. You know, they got the unplugged event coming yes. up as well, and good, they'll have another card, year that. end. Not a bad card. Morgan Sharia is on the card that's coming up this weekend. Uh, Chris Bungard weirdly is fighting for the lightweight title against Charles Hardwick. Uh, Sam Creasy and Chad Jack, that's off, is it? I think that's off. Yeah, I saw something yesterday. I didn't get to kind of get into yeah, the details. Unfortunately, that's done, which is very sad. You know, Sam was on with uh, with Harry and had a couple of great conversations, and he's been on a real. Sam Sam looked like. Sam looked the best he's ever looked in his last fight, to be honest. And I was excited to see him to go see if he could win there and reproduce again this time around. But um, you know, really, really, really good times for for Cage Warriors right now. I think they did awesome. They did all. Oh, you're going to kill me. I said awesome. awesome. <laughs> totally, dude. It's the fall <laughs> time. I, you did awesome. Yeah, I spent uh, yeah spent a weekend down in the states, so they're after getting uh, more more. Uh, more uh, you're there on your, bas- your basketball jersey, you know, and you yeah, there you are. Lifelong, lifelong Celtics fan. Baltimore Ravens top here. So, yeah. I think the Cage Warriors did brilliant over the pandemic to do, and then maybe a possible little bit of a lull. Uh, but now we're really gearing it up. It's going to be what about look? You're going to be you're going to be wanting to match that year end card. Um, what about? Reese McKee versus Judo Jimmy at the head of that card would not be something else uh, amongst the other couple of fighters. It'll be interesting. I, uh, maybe it's a bit too quick for that. Like the one, the the you you said like building up for next year. Look forward, fighters look forward to next year. The name I thought of when you said that was Kaelin Lachran. Like hundred percent. Oh lordy, I'm so excited about Kaelin Lachran. It feels like we've moved past Paul Hughes now. You know, Paul Hughes is going to be moving uh, over to the UFC, and uh, it feels like. Uh, Kellen is the one. He, he feels like he's the he one, is. isn't he? 
I look at um I spoke about it on the ultra angle with the lads. I mean, look at what a year this has been from Caelan Lochran, right? Um, and this is the way I kind of worded it on the ultra angle as well. Caelan Lochran has turned from a laughing stock into a championship contender inside Cage Warriors because that's what anyone was ever all talking about Caelan Lochran at the start of this year. He's beaten no one, he's only fought bums, he's only fought cans. Comes in, picks up great wins in Cage Warriors and deserves that title shot next. You've got to give it to that man next. Uh, Martignoni versus Caelan Lochran maybe in Dublin next year would be absolutely phenomenal. But I mean, Caelan talks the talk, he walks the walk, he's growing, he's developing. And I mean, he didn't just go in there and beat Luke Shanks. He went in there and, and, and almost pretty dominated him, like to be honest. Like he hurt him on the feet, dominated him in the grappling exchanges and wasn't even blowing hard after the fight was over. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot more left in the tank uh, for Kalen, and I think that we're going to see a lot more from Kalen as well. And it's very exciting. And as you said, you know, all eyes were on Paul Hughes. Paul Hughes has completed Cage Warriors. Now it's time for Kalen Lochran. And no, I'm excited to see if he's going to stay true to his word because Kalen says he wants to win the title and defend it a couple of times. And I think that's a great mindset too because you can't get too far of your head of yourself you know, and win the title and then call for the UFC. There's nothing wrong with sitting back and defending that title for a few. Let yourself develop. Get that championship experience as well because that's going to stand to you when you go to the big leagues, you know, not the bigger leagues. Um, and I think, you know, he has all eyes on the UFC. And I think right now, Caelan Lockman is, is one of the top prospects in Ireland right now and the number one guy to watch. 100%. Um, right, let's do our rankings uh, update the power rankings after last time when we put out the power rankings last time the biggest issue everyone had with it, with it was no Invicta and before we just talk about it Invicta have a, by the time this comes out I think the Invicta card already happened I think it's happening like almost as we speak Danny McCormick is on that um, Shauna Bannon obviously Shauna Bannon I know what's happening with Shauna Bannon she's on Invicta she's going back I know she has one of these deals where she can fight in Ireland if she wants but just, I don't know is that the best thing in the world anyway uh, yeah. the thing about Invicta right they do good stuff every time I watch them they have good cards it feels like they always fly under the radar a little bit now I think signing the two Irish ladies is a very good fucking uh, idea because we're talking about it and we talked about the Irish media before if we talk about things people do pay attention which uh, is very is a very lucky thing for the fighters and a very uh, privileged place that, that we find ourselves in but um, I, like I, I I wouldn't have Invicta breaking in there yet, but I love to see the Irish ladies going over there fighting in Invicta. You know, Combates as well. I think Dee Begley's fine this weekend, isn't she? You know, we know Fran, right, yeah. Franz was yeah. over there. Um, Palahan obviously was over there as well, and, and a few others. So, um, interesting. Oh, what are you thinking of Invicta at the moment? I know, like, Darren probably is I think I think, I think Invicta are in a rebuild process yeah. right now. I think, yeah. And I, honestly, uh, like I said, the same about Cage Warriors. And I think, you know, whilst they're not there now, if they continue on the same trajectory as they have been for the, the latter part of this year, you know, they may, they'll, they'll be propping up and they'll probably get into that rankings as well. They've got the strawweight uh, tournament that's going down at Invicta 50, which is like you said, happening today as we were recording this. Danny McCormick is a, a kind of a backup fight for that. So if anybody else gets injured, you know, she will find herself fighting for the strawweight championship, which is absolutely fantastic. And her opponent, I think, has been changed as well. So Danny's fighting anyone at any time kind of job at this stage. So. 100%. And better. look at it. Uh, Invicta has been the folklore 
of 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 women's MMA for a long, long time. They've done a phenomenal job, and there's been some great champions that have gone through there, great fighters that have gone through there. And I feel that if 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 you're looking for that path to the UFC, if that is your goal right now, Invicta FC is the path that you should be taking if you're wanting to compete in, in women's mixed martial arts to get to the UFC. It's the clearest path. Uh, that we've seen for women going into the UFC, uh, their belt means something, you know, to call yourself an Invicta champion, it actually means something. Um, you know, fans looking in, if you're wanting to get fans in the UFC, to call yourself an Invicta champion going into the UFC, fans know what Invicta is, they respect their champions. I mean, you've got the likes of Nunes, Rosanna Yunes, Cyborg, all of those great, great women fighters have went through Invicta and I'm delighted to see Danny get her opportunity in Invicta. I'm, deli- I'm delighted and I'm very excited to see Sean Bannon's progression in Invicta too. And I mean, Jesus, I mean, if, if three fights down the line, if Sean keeps winning, Danny keeps winning, could there be potential of a, an Irish versus Irish title fight perhaps or yeah. would they bring something like that over to Dublin perhaps? It'd, I, it'd I, be don't, unbelievable. I, I don't know about the Dublin part, but I don't think we'd be winning three fights. You reckon it could happen oh, sooner rather than later? Yeah, yeah. Do you think if they're smart, they'd do that? Because we would lap that shit up. I oh. would lap it up. I'd love to see something like that. Like there was, there was rumors of that happening recently, wasn't there? There, there was, there, there, there was, there was, there was, there was. Uh, I'd say, I don't know. I don't want to talk for anybody here, but I'd say if the contract was put down on both those women's tables, I think they'd sign up happily. Which is, enough. do you know what? Don't you fucking love Irish women too? Like yeah. Lee and Sinead, they're just uh, right. We'll fight, you know. Grand. Yeah. You'll have the, the lads cribbing and With fucking the utmost crying. Respect and, as well. No bad blood, no yeah, ill will. I love that. To see. It's a sport. Yeah. Go in there and have the fight. Made a better person fucking emerge, and uh, you know the other person can build their way back up. Not a problem at all. I fucking, I love that shit. Shout out to the shout out to the the Irish ladies out there. You're fucking deadly. Fair play to you. Brilliant. Right. Let's do the power rankings. So here are the rankings from last time. One, 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 one or one, one or one. Number two, Bellator. Number three, Cage Wires. Number four, PFL. Number five, KSW. Okay, one, they've had good cards since. Have Bellator or Cage Wires done enough to overtake them? Like, Bellator haven't really had anything since last time we did it. The card coming up this weekend is good, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm. Yeah, technically speaking, I think we'll probably have to keep one championships up there because, I mean, one. you're looking at, like we said it the last time and we justified why do we put that number one. It's just you're getting all-around entertainment with one championship. So, I mean, you know, if you do have any doubts in these rankings, go go and make the effort and watch a full one card. Yes. And then go and watch a full Bellator card and see how you feel after both of those cards. And then that's how yeah. I make my judgment here. That's so, a, that's true. I mean, I think one is... Deservingly at number one again. I I would agree. Have Cage Warriors overtaken Bellator like that? Paul Hughes Vucinic fight. I think so. I think we have to do it. We I would agree. I, I, I didn't think you were going to agree. So I will. We will. We let's throw. No, I think I, I, I like that. Look to go back about that event. Uh, One forty five, a massive event. That you know, it's easy to put on these fights. It's easy to hype up the fights, but you know, the fighters have to go out there and deliver. Uh, you know, and it doesn't always happen, but that card delivered from top to bottom, and then especially that main event did, and it was probably the most talked about fight in the since we've last kind of recorded the Jason Pack. So I think you know they'll just nab ahead of Bellator this time, I agree. which might cause a little bit of 
might a cause a little bit of, a star, bit of grief, bit but. of a star there, a bit of a star. PFL KSW still number four and five, like Octagon around as well. Obviously, Invict. I, uh, I wouldn't put him. I think KSW had a good card. Um, I don't know if Octagon reached that level just yet. Risen, you know, as I said, we don't know much about him. Like that Risen fight against Bellator at the end of the year might move Risen up into this top five. But absolutely, absolutely, yeah, it might, it might. Um, PFL I, coming up as well. Like this, the next time we do a PFL could be number two. Like they could all oh, if that card delivers, Bellator. right? If the if the PFL card delivers, and I expect that it will. I think, yeah, I think PFL will be a major player. Could be number one. They could be yeah. number one. We never could know. Could be number one. So will we go PFL four, KSW five. You leave it at that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. I and, think the, in this period, we just do a little bit of the chop around for, for Cage Warriors and Bellator just. Yeah. Um, anyone else on the borderline? Victor, I don't think so. Octagon, I don't think so. Risen, I don't think so. You know, LFA, no. we don't know as much about them, maybe. Eagle FC are fucking, Dater, they've yeah. flown down south for the winter, I'd say. I don't know what's going on. That arena they were in, it's like FTX or something. Has something happened with that company in the last, like, people, it's some crypto company and it's gone bust or some shit. Oh, oh that, say no more, fam. If yeah. it's crypto, it's <laughs> fuck. <laughs> they have a war in Russia and a crypto. Could you get a worse combination? That's the name. Uh, that, 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 that's the, that could be the name of this one. We try to name uh, each one of these episodes. If it's crypto, it's <laughs> fucked. Um, it could be the one of this one. Oh, uh, no. Uh, if people see crypto, though, they won't fucking listen. So we love it. No, you're probably right. You're probably oh, right. Let me, let me just look here. Major. Let major results in the last while. Okay, we've had KSW, ACA, not massive. Uh, yeah, I think I'm happy enough with that list. I think, Ian, if you're happy with it, I think we'll, we'll go with that. It, does the Dana White Contender Series count as um, as chasing back? Oh, we talked about this before. We did, yeah. And I, and I think technically it does, but I couldn't be fucking bothered talking Yeah, fuck about that. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I agree with that. I agree with that. Right, we will leave it there. Our top five, we leave it on this. Number one is one. One championship ranked top of the rankings. Moving up one place to number two is Cage Warriors. Number three, moving down one place is Bellator. Uh, number four, PFL. And number five, KSW. Um, right, we leave it there. Ian O'Neill, Sean Sheehan, thanks everyone for listening. Listen to the Old Triangle. Listen to the Severe MMA podcast. Hit subscribe. You're, you're, this is on Patreon. Everyone's already subscribed. Sound for listening. Good luck.